Hello, I am C-3PO, and I believe the storyteller is ready. So let us begin. This week, the story is about all the characters in Star Wars. Eh, maybe not all the characters. In fact, there's a Swiss study that found there are no fewer than 21,647 characters found on Wikipedia. So considering we're only setting out to rank our 66 favorites, I would say we're being quite reserved. You made a face. What do you make of that 21,000 number? That is insane. Insane. But when you think when you think about it, well, no, actually, there are a hundred. I think Tony Gilroy was proud because there's 190 named characters in um, Andor. Right. So, I mean, even if you extrapolate that across all of the Star Wars um, shows and, and well, I mean, yeah, it doesn't even come close. Well, uh, legends, though, because, that, yeah. Oh, it's 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 legends for sure. Um, but I think it must be the, the comics that really make it so many characters because I just can't imagine any other medium getting it that high. Can you think of another franchise that would even come close to that? Like maybe Marvel. Lord of the Rings is pretty stiff. I've done a bit of a Lord of the Rings dive in the last three months or so, and it's deeper than a lot of people realize, which sounds like a silly thing to say to people who in fact know that already, but there are very few IPs that run this deep. Yeah, that that's a... Lord of the Rings actually might be the... A guess that has a, a chance, but I don't think it, I don't think anything's going to come this close. I think that's one of the things that makes Star Wars so special, and one of the things I certainly love about it is is just how deep they they'll let you get. They go as deep as as you possibly can get by naming just the most surface level background characters. Uh, Marvel and and DC, I just think of all the reuse of characters, but I can't imagine it would get that high. I mean, if they've been around for what, like let's say seventy years, um, so. You'd need, what is that, 300 new characters a year? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that's a, that's a new character. How many do they do one a week generally, comic books? Oh, gosh, I don't know. No, they definitely do more than one a week. They do, like, every okay. different character has its own issue line, but they come and go, they start and stop, and like you said, there's repetition of characters. Yes. So, but I mean, well, there's a little bit of food for your thought in terms of 300 new characters a, a year if you've been around for 70 years, whereas wow. Star Wars that's been around for less than 50 uh, is really batting at a pretty high average, especially seeing as I guarantee, well, before the 90s, it would have been under a thousand. I'd be shocked if it was a thousand. So. so we're going to take turns drafting characters based on personal preference meaning we're each going to pick 11 characters in this episode, and then we'll do 11 more each the next time before our final installment in this trilogy, so to speak, where we'll do 11 more each. That's a total of 66 characters that we take turns ranking. Um, and I think we should move at a bit of a clip, keep it going. Um, it should be kind of intuitive, though, I think. We'll just kind of play it by ear. Yeah, it's going to be a little odd because we're merging lists and... Uh... There are certain characters that will be taken off of our list. So as I may have somebody that I don't really like, and I'll throw out who I say like, oh, that character didn't even make my my top 66 right. on my personal list. If you rank them, say, 22nd or something. Um, but it'll just kind of come and go. And there may be people that uh, I'm like, oh, that character's terrible. But you're like, yeah, I don't really care. But that that's fine. This is where I put them. And that's just how it's going to be. But it'll be interesting to see the way the list goes in the end. And if when we look at it, we think, oh, that character is way too high. Yeah. Or, oh, that character is not right. And I mean, there's because there's personal preference. And then there's that blurred line of whether or not it's a good character. And 
whether or not we really feel strongly about it. I know I've thought about characters in my prep that I feel a little sleazy ranking myself just because like I don't necessarily like them that much, but I don't have my knowledge doesn't run quite as deep as yours for one. And then also there's a part of me that like does love a character that's hateful just because oh, yeah. of what they bring to. And I don't just mean like, you know, I, I hate the values of, of Sheev Palpatine. Like, I still love that character. I just mean, like, there are characters I genuinely don't enjoy, but I see how they're essential and how they bolster the greater good of Star Wars. And so I, I feel like they're consider considerable in the rankings. Yes, that is an, an interesting fact. And that was one thing I really kind of wanted to, to, to suss it from the get-go. And, and I'll guess I'll kind of lead into things. I will say that if we were going based on our objective uh, beliefs as to what we think is the best character in Star Wars versus like our favorite. I actually have a different answer for for that number one. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that goes uh, and carries through. But like you said, there will be some instances where um, we are overwhelmed by the importance of the character. Yeah, We almost feel compelled to include them in the list. Right. I did my best to uh, keep that low. I, I ranked 120 characters, uh, and uh, I, I think about I think a third of my 66 will will not be on yours, and so that means that I would be. I expect probably though that my the other 44 will definitely be on your list, and then I'll get 11 of my other 22. Okay, well let's get to uh, it. So you yeah. you won the coin you toss. Uh, you're gonna say your first favorite Star Wars character. I'm gonna make a master list as we go. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to make one as well. Uh, my favorite character in Star Wars and truly one of the best characters in Star Wars, one of the best characters in the history of movies and uh, the history of cinema, one of the most uh, impressive feats uh, of performance uh, in which you can have a puppeteer be a legit qualified contender for a best supporting actor. Didn't receive a nomination, but certainly should have. And that would be because Yoda is such an incredible character. Yeah. You have this silly Muppet who is the wisest in the galaxy. We love him. He's the most quotable character in Star Wars. He's relatable to the smallest child, to the oldest and most senior elder who's gathered the wisdom that he has and everyone in between. Uh, he's able to um, laugh with you. You can laugh at him. Uh, you make there's the seagulls bit on, on YouTube. Uh, he's got his like, you will be. Uh, and then there's the classic lines of begun the Clone, Clone Wars has. He spans so many eras. He's our constant. Uh, he's someone who's always been a character that I've loved since a little, little, little kid. And so it was very easy for me to put Yoda at number one when it comes to our favorites. Yeah, I think that the animation of Yoda as like a real breathing character, like really gives Star Wars a lot of legacy. I think that I realize it was the second movie in which he appeared, but I really think that like the endurance of Star Wars overall owes a lot to Yoda having been a successful experiment in serious cinema. Um, Absolutely. Could have flopped on its face. <laughs> number two, uh, is a, is a hyphen character, Anakin slash Darth Vader, the second best character in Star Wars, I think. Um, and, and certainly for the duality, which we've discussed ad nauseum, but like two distinctly interesting characters, not necessarily one more so than the other, but like one of the great uh, character falls in cinematic history and portrayed uh, exquisitely by like a number of great artists. I knew that you wouldn't have any issue with me, uh, including Anakin Vader next. No, this is my number two. And it's also, in my opinion, the objective number one. Uh, he is the best character in Star Wars. Uh, Darth Vader is the most iconic vil villain of all time. 
uh, Anakin Skywalker is the most misunderstood character of all time. Uh, Darth Vader is seen as cool and menacing and uh, this big baddie, but he's a pathetic, hopeless romantic. uh, And that's something that's really interesting. He he's this character that fooled the world, fooled the galaxy. And it's just this big suit of armor. We don't get to see any of his emotions because he's inside just either vibrating with anger or crying or being gripped back and forth. And then the world gets their shit in a rig when we actually get to see that guy, that completely uh, tormented guy with the helmet off. And then Hayden Christensen gets wrecked over the coals. Jake Lloyd gets wrecked over the coals. Um, but overall, the character is is just phenomenal. Uh, and we got some great performances. So many people have contributed to giving us Darth Vader. I think that's amazing, uh, like you said. So great choice. Well, and Star Wars is often called a space opera. He's really the most operatic character in all of Star Wars, too. He's the phantom of the opera in quite like a literal sense. But like just all that is beneath the surface, the most... Um, I hesitate to say melodramatic, but emotive expression in a character is is definitely pent up in Anakin. Uh, so it's your turn for number three. Uh, my number three, uh, I believe, is somebody that you will also not have a problem with. Uh, and this is the character that uh, just embodies cool and is somebody that is one of the best portrayed characters, one of the most likable, uh, and one of the, the the great notes whenever we get is the, the Chewie were home all the way back to uh, We've Got Company. And so Han Solo is my choice here. Uh, he is easily by a, a good margin, um, the or not necessarily a good margin on my list. There's a couple others, but he's one of the few non-force users near the top of my list. Uh, and Han Solo, uh, what else do you need to say? He's the most lovable scoundrel in the galaxy far, far away. Absolutely. And by the way, did you know that Alden Ehrenreich is going to be an Oppenheimer? I mean, among everybody else. But like, I'm excited for a bit of a, a second chance on Alden this year. Yeah, that'll be really good. He's a he's a great actor. Sure. And I think he did a really good I think he did a really good job. I'm just I think that's one of the more underwhelming movies, easily the most unnecessary movie. Yep. Uh, and he's just not Harrison. Here's another kind of boring pick. Number four is Luke Skywalker. This is actually like the ultimate hero of Star Wars, um, the most relatable character as he's presented in the original form, uh, but who also goes on. I know it's a little controversial, but a really moving character journey, especially in the latter portion of his story. I think The Last Jedi, just like as more time goes by, the more uh, it's thought upon as like a pretty masterful bit of Star Wars storytelling. Um, Mark Hamill, of course, we've said many times a great ambassador for like the wonder and excitement around Star Wars. And I mean, that's a good dude, Luke Skywalker. (laughs) Put that on a bumper sticker. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the way the world exploded when he showed up in Mandalorian, uh, the impressive feats that they're now doing by making him almost their technological guinea pig yeah. uh, with this well character said. that they're creating for him. And and I think that's really cool. Uh, he's this pivot point for this next chapter of the galaxy. Uh, and so they want to get him right. Uh, we all love Luke. Uh, it's the reason why so many people still hate The Last Jedi and why um, they'll never like it. But at the same time, in my opinion, I think... The best part about The Last Jedi is everything with Luke. I think that's his best performance. Uh, I love um, the interpretation. I think it makes sense for Luke to have done that and to kind of repeat the mistakes, but at the same time, repeat his greatest hits and bring them up to 11 uh, by going and taking on the First Order, uh, having those final moments with Leia. Uh, He is uh, this 
beloved farm boy. Uh, there's he's the, he's the hero. He's the most heroic character in, in in maybe all of cinema. He is. If you had to link one character with hero, I don't know if you're going to link anyone Joseph more directly. Hero. Yes. Yeah. Then then Luke Skywalker, the hero's journey. He is the hero in the hero's journey. He is a new hope. He is. The, well, the Return of the Jedi, it's supposed to be him, but in my opinion, I way prefer that to be Anakin. Right. And he is um, the reason why the Force Awakening scares Snoke. He is the last Jedi. He is Skywalker. Uh, so it it just makes sense. Yeah. He is not who I had ranked quite yet. He was my fifth, but uh, no issue there because I can easily swap uh, out my four and five together. Just on Last Jedi, because Ryan Johnson's been doing so much press for Glass Onion, it's interesting how he is still so maybe strategic or just like a passionate movie fan about his experience on The Last Jedi. Like he still says it's his best professional experience ever. And that's like a really wonderful thing considering what we remember most about The Last Jedi is the noise. But like based on what I just said about my feelings towards it and I know I'm not the only one, it's really cool that he can get through all that and still retain this excitement about the franchise. And I don't know, maybe an open door for him to come back. Obviously it's been discussed and kind of a mysterious idea. Yeah, there is, I think... Maybe Mandalorian might be the only other one uh, that you could put in this category, but it is easily the most successful behind the scenes Star Wars production. The Last mm. Jedi had no problems mm. uh, compared to so many of the other ones uh, in terms of people uh, not receiving the movie well. They didn't expect that at all. Kathleen Kennedy tried to rope Ryan Johnson into doing nine right. uh, before JJ, and then uh, they signed him on to keep him doing more Star Wars because everyone loved him behind the scenes. Yeah. So that doesn't surprise me to hear, but it's great to hear him saying that. I want to see more Ryan Johnson Star Wars. Uh, who's the fifth uh, on your list, our list? What's your fifth favorite Star Wars character? Fifth on the list is uh, the first master of Luke Skywalker, and that would be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, wonderful to see his story continued and fleshed out even more this year. Uh, there were, it, was, it wasn't a perfect show, but I really, really enjoyed Obi-Wan Kenobi. And it's this character, he's he's the wise veteran. He's the, the crazy old codger. He is the first time I ever heard of the word hermit. Yeah. Uh, Alec Guinness plays him so interesting in the sense that you can see all the pain from the Clone Wars when he's talking about that, the pain of losing a friend like Anakin, the smile when he sees Luke and Leia and letting Vader take him down, the incredible power move of letting Vader take him down and becoming more powerful than you could possibly imagine. One of the best lines in all of Star Wars, so highly underrated by me, maybe more than anybody. I I am ashamed with how little I've talked about how amazing that line is mm. uh, because it carries so much weight. And then the, the Force Ghost, our first Force Ghost, uh, he has such a strong presence throughout that original trilogy. And then we get the amazing Obi-Wan Kenobi portrayed by Ewan McGregor. And we actually, I think that's probably my favorite form of Obi-Wan Kenobi because we get a little bit more charm. It's a little more tongue in cheek. You get to see that relationship with Anakin, which I love because it's the most brotherly relationship in all of Star Wars. And I really, really um, appreciate that we get to see maybe more of Obi-Wan than any character in Star Wars. Do you think, um, what do you think we about- We see his full life. What do you think about Obi-Wan having been the most successful recasting of a Hollywood character ever? What do you think? I 
That'd be a tough one because I'd love to see a list. And you have the the question of does Joker count? Because yes. Joker is so, also one of the only characters to win multiple. Well, I was going to uh, say him, there's one other one. I, too. I, I, I was going to say Vito Corleone is going to be the other one people throw up. But but that's two movies versus like these big like sagas mm-hmm. such as Star Wars. And like I know De Niro won for Godfather 2, but I don't know. Like I just don't know if that's m- more important than what ultimately Ewan McGregor has done with the character of Obi-Wan Kenobi. And you are right that like in the case of Joker, I mean, that's a new franchise, right? Like that's rebooting everything. And so I don't know if that's Mm -hmm. exactly what I'm getting at. This is kind of a unique thing that he's pulled off. That's fair. I think under those circumstances, yeah, the only other one is Vito Corleone. Uh, But in terms of having the most impact, um, well, I mean, that's a hard one too because it depends on who you're asking the impact for. But yeah, I, I would say it's pretty hard to, to to knock having three movies rest on getting this right. Yeah, yeah. Number six, uh, we're keeping this like really traditional right now, but it's it's Princess Leia, Organa. Um, just, I mean, truly in, in an arguable sense, as heroic as, as Luke is. I mean, not maybe not through the whole story, but like certainly as brave, as tenacious, as charismatic, if not a little bit more so oftentimes. Um, and I don't want to say equally tragic, but certainly she comes up against her own stuff and portrayed by Carrie Fisher, who is just like the angel of the Star Wars franchise now. I don't really know what else we can say about uh, about Carrie Fisher and, and Princess Leia, but like we got to see a new version of Princess Leia this year in the Obi-Wan show, which might not have worked, except it absolutely did. And like, I really saw nobody making a case otherwise. Um, and so, um, yeah, now, other than Yoda, now we've stuck only to a New Hope characters, but we're being very traditional, which I guess is not surprising. That's fair. Uh, I had uh, my my six and seven. I bounced back and forth. Uh, my six is not a character in A New Hope. Um, my seven was Leia. So totally great having this here. Uh, Leia is wonderful. We all adore Princess Leia. Uh, she is the damsel who isn't in distress and questions your height. The first thing she sees. Right. <laughs> like it, it's just it's just wonderful. And having little Leia uh, now be in our minds when we see the help me Obi Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope message. Having that reappear in the Last Jedi, that is such a home run moment with R two Luke in the message. Uh, but it all rests on Leia delivering that. A young teenage Carrie Fisher. Uh, presenting so much vulnerability and power at the same time, and then keeping that uh, as this stoic galactic leader uh, who's been called a warmonger and the the daughter of Satan, basically, uh, has to kind of lead a, a war effort against her son after her husband also bails the picture and her brother disappears. She's so Sad. bloody tragic. She's and tough. she stays. Yeah. Luke couldn't stay right leia stays leia is strong as shit yeah and so and she holds on at the very end to get the message across the galaxy uh to ben to just remind him to to please be good when i'm gone <laughs> and uh yeah i i adore uh leia and very happy she's so high on our lists who's number seven her son <laughs> uh yeah 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 you, kylo you're... ren it, it just a character that 
of course, having parents like that, it's going to be a great character. Uh, and you need somebody like Adam Driver to bring it home. He owns the character and that really you can see it through. And the fact that he portrays his physicality consistent with the emotions that the character is supposed to have. He's creatively conceived in the sense that he has this faux Darth Vader helmet. He has this cracked kyber crystal that res results in him being basically unstable and not really that committed to the dark side. The incredible pathetic nature he has with Snoke, but then taking him out and then deciding to not side with Rey, the relationship that he has with Rey, and then eventually becoming Ben Solo. And Ben Solo being hilariously so bloody suave, yeah. Kylo Ren is so not suave, uh, that it's, it's just this light switch you see, and they really are two distinct characters. And I love that because it, that is the one thing that makes him a completely different character from Anakin and Vader. I actually think there's a better argument you can say that Kylo Ren and um, and Ben, uh, Solo. ben yeah. are different characters yeah. than Anakin and Vader, uh, almost because there's a little bit of a kind of like dark magic haunting that goes along with Kylo Ren. He's been to tortured like probably since he was a little kid by voices from Vader and Palpatine in his head. He's uh, there's a whole other side to the 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 brain chemistry of Kylo Ren that you could explore with a science fiction novel. He's fascinating. He's emotional, uh, and he is the best part of the sequel trilogy. Do we have J.J. Abrams to thank for recognizing that Adam Driver is a movie star? Is he who gets credit with casting that guy who's obviously proven uh, nothing less in his time since Star Wars? Like you mentioned, how how suave and charismatic Ben Solo is when he turns, and that's obviously true. You even see shades of that as his most evil self in Kylo Ren. But like, I remember having seen him in Girls, and when I hear he's cast in Star Wars, I'm thinking, that's kind of interesting. He's kind of like a weird dude. And he remains a weird dude, but he also has all the makings of a movie star. It's just so, so special. That's a really good question. And I think you might be right. Uh, I, I know that the uh, who they have now working in casting is the the former, I think, head of casting at Marvel, and she's considered, like, the best of the best. Um, I forget what her name is. Uh, and I don't know if she worked in The Force Awakens, but I do know J.J. was very closely involved in The Force Awakens casting, and it was easily the biggest casting call Star Wars has done since Disney took over. So, yeah, I think J.J. is probably the one we should be giving the credit to there to lock down Adam Driver for this. And also, maybe we'll get him back in a tiny capacity at some point with the the potential other sequel characters being linked to other future films. Speaking of villains who come back, in the eighth slot, I'm putting Emperor Palpatine. Um, really, I don't, I don't know what it is about him. Maybe it's the ephemeral uh, uh, specialness of uh, Ian McDermott who portrays him so well. Um, very easily, your supervillain, essentially your Satan, could be really mustache twirly. Um, and sometimes Palpatine, particularly in the prequels, does kind of border on that. Like some of his monologues are a little bit memeable. But you never stop buying that this guy is who this guy is. And I think it's probably because Ian McDermott is such a great actor. And because the greater Star Wars really needs someone this evil to convey its story about what it means to be good. Um in, in most senses, it really works. There are uh, aspects to the Palpatine story that aren't as successful, and we've talked about them ad nauseum through The Rise of Skywalker, but it doesn't detract from what makes him fundamentally one of the great 
villains. And by the way, the backbone of two other Star Wars villains who made higher on our list. They're not who they are without the Palpatine in their history. Absolutely. And this is one that was, uh, this next stretch is easily the one that I struggled with. Stretch from eight through 13. You can put them in any different order. But I do have Palpatine at 13 on that list. Interesting. So I do have him a little bit lower. And it would be because solely the Rise of Skywalker. Uh, it, I, I, my list would have had him in this spot before then. But it brings it down just a little bit. Uh, and it's because it's a bit of a frustrating end for a character that's so smart to go out being such a dumbass. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time. It doesn't take away from all the years of him being incredibly smart and the fact that he is a rotted clone brain. So maybe that's the reason why he wasn't thinking super straight. And the fact that he was still almost able to take over the galaxy with a rotted clone brain. Right. <laughs> and so it, he's so over the top and shouldn't work, but does to a 9.9 .9 out of 10, uh, sometimes 11 out of 10. And that's the reason why we chuckle and it becomes a meme. Right. Uh, and uh, Ian McDermott is a legend. And I think that this is an incredibly uh, worthy place for him. Uh, no arguments from me whatsoever. Love Palpatine. Who's number nine? Now, maybe no one more so. I don't know if any character has one single character has captured media more than this character. Right in decades and he is a foot and a half tall mm -hmm. and that would be little grogu so two characters in my top 10 we don't even know the bloody race of what they are <laughs> uh and this character the most he said is like achoo and baba uh but he is so charming he brings me in to watch Mandalorian with such an attention uh the relationship that he has with din the fact that he makes everyone smile he's hilarious he is one of the funniest characters in star wars bar none but does it with a real charm real heart and brings a family tone to star wars in a way that is not normal you're not going to have a baby in star wars that's weird but we have a 50 year old green baby with giant ears who looks <laughs> like the the one of us from those little aliens from toy story right but it works on this total level the same way Yoda did. It's this incredibly risky swing that completely lands and builds the entire backbone of Disney Plus on this one character. I smile every time I walk into my office and see little Grogu standing there uh, because I have such a life-like version of him. He's wearing a sack of potatoes. Uh, he's got charm coming out his giant little green ears. I adore Grogu. Well, this is really apt. I'm just going to go right to where I was going to go next and, and put in the number 10 spot, uh, Mando, uh, Din Djarin. I, I think I would have put him ahead of Grogu, but also they're so synonymous with one another that it's very appropriate that they're next to each other on this master list. Um, because obviously they, well, Din, I think I would only rank him a little higher because I think he stands alone a little bit better, although we're going to see what Grogu's capable of in the coming many years, I hope. As a team, they're just, and we've had a lot of teams in Star Wars, they're they're one of the sturdiest teams. Uh, and I mean, we've said a lot about, about, about Mando, how he's so expressive without using his facial features very often, but when they do deploy that, it's all the more... Um, emotional, that he has these fascinating and interesting relationships 
with this cadre of other people he meets along the way and then re-meets later on. One of the, the great aspects of the show The Mandalorian is that it reintroduces serialization into Star Wars and these two characters together um, as the as the leads of that absolute bang-up job every time. Absolutely. Din Djarin is as Star Wars as it gets, and so is Grogu, and, and they really nailed that uh, because they're these characters who take us on this serialized journey. Uh, I had Din at 11 on my list, so barely a stretch, like I said, in that little kind of mixed-up realm, uh, and so I agree with that choice. Okay, let's hear your number 11 then. Uh, so next up on the list uh, is a character that definitely isn't on your list. Uh, the only You have only heard this character's name uttered, uh, and that would be uh, Grand Admiral Thrawn. And ah. we will allow you to see Grand Admiral Thrawn in live action come the Ahsoka series. I'm so bloody excited to, for you to kind of experience that. Uh, he was excellent in Rebels. Uh, Thrawn is such a creative bad guy. He the, the novels really allows you to see inside his head in a way that no other Star Wars character uh, can really be done. He's the most science fiction type Star Wars character, the way that the, the stories are executed, the way he kind of thinks about the world, the different species he interacts with. He just is this different lens in the galaxy far, far away. And he's kind of this open door to a lot of new possibilities and different kinds of storytelling. But at the same time, He's also linking in with Mando and Ahsoka and the Rebels crew. And there's a novel where he works with Vader in one timeline and Anakin in another timeline. Sweet. And it's amazing. And uh, he's a character that people love from the 90s, from Heir to the Empire. People love from the 2000s because of his kind of reintroduction into canon. He carries a lot of importance for people who were kept without Star Wars for a long period of time. And that means a lot to them. I only fell in love with Thrawn in the, the Disney era. And I think it's been a home run. Timothy Zahn was able to kind of reintroduce him in a, in a different way. And I'm really, really excited what Lars Mikkelsen brings to the role from a voice perspective. And I think he'll knock it out of the park. And we have a little bit we can chat about with uh, some, some information around Ahsoka uh, in that coming down the pipeline. But uh, it's shaping up to be a really interesting show with, with him leading the, the negative charge. I'm really, really excited just to be a part of the Thrawn party because I've been hearing this name for at least a decade. You know, those Timothy Zahn books are really striking. They really stand out in a bookstore end cap. And so I've seen them there. And I would say I know as little as I possibly could about this guy considering how long I've been aware of him as a character. And I knew that you loved him. I guess I'm a little surprised that you would rank him this high, but that makes me all the more excited for him to be introduced to a, a bigger audience. Maybe this calendar year, we're going to get to see Thrawn. Yeah, I think I think Ahsoka is this calendar year. Uh, so it's it's done filming. So it's got to be this calendar year. That, that'll be really exciting, maybe in the, in the Christmas time slot. Our 12th favorite Star Wars character is R2-D2, who is the original and essential droid. I know, yes, duos, partnerships, but no, it's R2-D2 if we're splitting them up. Um, we've often said that if it's possible for a droid to have the force, this is the closest example of that. He is the Greek chorus. He is the ultimate do-gooder. He is arguably the most capable, adept character in all of Star Wars. He screws up less than anybody else. And he's a bystander for the greatest epic in uh, cinema history. He's there for all of it, all the while charming all the while uh, exemplifying less is more. 
Um, just a completely unique Star Wars or character in general in movies. Um, and, you know, predating even Grogu seeming really cute to your girlfriend, R2-D2 kind of pulls that off. And and so, I mean, we got to love R2. Yeah, R2 is wonderful. R2 also is in this cluster of characters, so I'm very happy you chose R2 for this next slot. Uh, R2 is adorable. I've related to R2 in the same ways I've related to Yoda. R2 is a character that that doesn't speak, but has a voice. And that's a really important thing in Star Wars. Uh, And the same way, like you said, with Grogu, uh, it just evokes an emotion makes these beeps that you're able to interpret the same way like that another character that will make our list pretty soon probably uh and i think that's really impressive when a character has no words and can still be ranked this high uh by being in so many different uh pockets of the star wars universe and every time you see him you cheer and that's pretty great uh number 13 Uh, Number 13 is going to be easily the most surprising biggest question mark uh, on the list because it's going to be a character that you have seen only in the uh, pilot episode of The Bad Batch. So this uh, is a hot take then. You're going to lay down a zag. This is a zag for people who haven't seen Rebels. Anyone who has seen Rebels, this is no zag. Okay. Uh, This is my man, Freddie Prince Jr.'s Kanan Jarrus or Caleb Doom. Uh, this is the the most interesting experiment that Star Wars could have made was when they decided to cancel Clone Wars and make Rebels. Let's do it in the style of, art, of Ralph McQuarrie's original artwork. Let's make the main character Han Solo is if he were a Jedi. Uh, we'll figure out how that works as time goes on. Uh, we'll give him an annoying Padawan. Uh, and we'll make it on kind of a, a weird hilly desert area. Uh, and boy, did it bloody work. The original design for Chewbacca is part of their team, but he's purple. Uh, and the original design for R2 is part of their team, but he's orange. And so it's just, it seems like, is this show really going to work? And it really does. And it hinders on the relationship that they all have with one another. And he's the father of this group. He is this silly pirate who uh, gets drunk and does stupid things, but meets up with some rebels and decides that, well, I know I was a Jedi when I was 12. Maybe I need to pick that thing back up again. Maybe the galaxy didn't need me to go into hiding. Mm. Uh, he's, a, he's a character that we've seen at a young age now uh, who was a really keen Jedi and then had to completely get away from it because he thought the clones turned on him. And then when he joined the Rebellion, he had to learn how to deal with clones. Uh, when he got a Padawan, he had to learn, okay, my... Jedi Master died. I was a Padawan. I didn't graduate, but now I have to be a master. Uh, he goes. He becomes the blind Jedi uh, when Maul cuts him across the eyes, and that's how he truly learns how to connect with the Force. Right, right. Uh, and so you like Kanan is a really fantastic character. Uh, he shows incredible leadership. Uh, I think I ranked him as the the best death in Star Wars. That's what I was going to ask uh, you. He's the dude who has the really bomb, attra- like really tragic death. That's really exciting and heroic yeah it just it's it's so heroic it's a character that really pulls off like it's almost like ah this is the you're, you're such a he's such a cartoon mm. that's the best way of putting it in the pilot but he is so lifelike by the end well i can't really speak to that too much um i'm sure i'll get another opportunity to see more but you have always consistently banged this drum so obviously it comes from a very real place canon jarris in the number 13 spot before i say number 14 let me ask you very quickly just a, a bit of a, di- a digression how do you feel about the aaron taylor johnson news 
in terms of leading the bond race? Yeah, he had a very successful meeting with uh, Barbara Broccoli. I heard that that was said. I didn't know if it was like I didn't hear like Variety or Hollywood Reporter uh, or like Jeff Snyder or someone. Uh, so, it, I, but if that's the case, it seems to be everywhere. Yeah, I'm actually okay with it. Uh, I I know he's a really good actor. Uh, he's Brit. Mm -hmm. He's got a very angular face. Uh, he's in great shape. He looked good in a suit, especially he's he's aged up. I haven't seen him in too many things. Like I enjoyed Kick Ass. I didn't see the like Kick Ass Two or anything. Um, right, but I that's it's. It's good that you but, said that because that's why I bring it up. You haven't seen him in too many things, but a lot of people have. Kick-Ass was his like action franchise, and also he was in X-Men. And I know there's a lot yeah. of different and things Marvel. that... Uh, yes, a lot of different things that people debate about who should be the next James Bond. But really, the only thing that was important to me, besides him being British, that seemed very significant. The most important thing to me was that it not be somebody who was already a movie star. Because I really find that we can marry ourselves to the... Uh, experience of a new James Bond if they feel like there's someone from nowhere and which is that's why I think it was so successful that they cast Daisy Ridley as Ray who were putting in the 14th spot I know like uh, Oscar Isaac had been around Adam Driver had been around I think also um, uh, Finn what's his name he'd been around a little bit but it Jump really right seemed like Daisy Ridley got pulled out of nowhere and they nailed it pretty much as hard as they did with Kylo Ren. Like an incredible lead for that that sometimes embattled trilogy. Like it she holds the thing up when it otherwise can't stand. And the character is just like classic Star Wars. She's immeasurably charismatic. I want to see her in so many other things because we're in this kind of phase where Daisy Ridley's like not popping off, but I still believe it can happen because I feel so strongly about the character of Rey and its performer. Yeah, and we are in one camp. There are two camps on this, and I just don't get it. Don't get it. Ray is so bloody charming, yeah. and I think was a phenomenal casting choice. Like you said, like completely plucked out of nowhere. Yeah. She has like a couple, I don't even know, like she has like barely speaking parts and some things. But I think Daisy Ridley is wonderful. I think she does a great job leading that trilogy. And I absolutely can't wait to see her back in Star Wars. I think Rey has the ability to be a consistent character for, for decades. And this is somebody that, like Mark Hamill, his career didn't necessarily take off in a live action acting capacity. Uh, the way you would expect for someone to have led the, the original trilogy. And Daisy Ridley is kind of getting a similar treatment here. But now Star Wars has plans of creating more content. Right. And so, yeah, Daisy Ridley maybe isn't, she's having this weird period where she's not, maybe not necessarily getting big work, but oh well, settle for getting paid $10 million to go play in the Star Wars sandbox. Oh well, that's that's a pretty good consolation prize. I won't feel too bad for you because we're also I'll be really really happy. I want to see Ray show up in the Damon Lindelof movie. Uh, there's belief that she had two meetings with Lucasfilm, not just one, mm. uh, and that she uh, is expected to be in some property. I mean, you don't have two meetings if you're expected to be in something. Damon Lindelof's film is supposed to be after um, the sequel trilogy, and it is supposed to start um, either casting pretty soon. Uh, and there was a rumor out there that it was going to start filming in like four months. I don't believe that. Maybe yeah. that's like when they're going to start like pre-production or like 
just like the really, really early stuff. Or maybe that's when casting is going to start. But I even think that they might be starting casting now. Uh, they have the director for Miss Marvel. So that's already set up. That's going to be the next movie. And I want to see Ray in it. Uh, and if it's not in that movie, it better be in the next one. Uh, love Ray. Great choice. How about number 15? Uh, number 15 uh, is, uh, sorry, I just want to make sure I get this right, um, is a character that I get the pleasure of saying and a character I'm surprised uh, didn't come a little bit higher on on the list because of you, and that would be Qui-Gon Jinn. Yeah. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn is the perfect Jedi, uh, and I think it's great that we get to see that, and he's the last perfect Jedi, I think. Uh, I think that's he's he's a character of a different era, and we get to see uh, him interpreted through Obi-Wan and through Anakin and through Dooku. You get to see it in both directions of the generations through Qui-Gon. Uh, we're introduced to Qui-Gon in The Phantom Menace, uh, and it was supposed to be called, I think, The Beginning at one point. And like, he is this, he's the last of uh, the Jedi. He is the last Jedi in a certain way. Uh, but the way that Obi-Wan talks about the Clone Wars and who the Jedi were, the guardians of peace and justice in the galaxy, uh, and what people believed the Jedi to be for so long, that is what Qui-Gon is. Yeah. And Liam Neeson is a 10 out of 10 home run with it. Uh, it's such an impressive job to be so important to all Star Wars fans, to have everybody like you, even the people who dislike the prequels. Everybody likes Qui-Gon. And he was in one movie. Yeah. And a couple lines in the Clone Wars and a couple lines in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Yeah. That is extremely impressive. Yeah. And I would never bat an eye at ranking Qui-Gon in the top 10 uh, for a character with that minimal screen time. And so him at uh, 15 here, I think is perfect. And you're right. It's such an enormous impact. And I think I might have ranked him higher if I didn't feel a little duty bound by a few other choices. Uh, and I don't regret those choices, but like in, in a... In a pretty true sense, Qui-Gon Jinn, very simply, one of my all-time favorite Star Wars characters and has been for my whole life. Like, it's not something I can say about everybody I've said so far this evening. Um, I can't be a, a whole lot more sophisticated about it than that, but certainly Liam Neeson brings a lot of credibility to it. Um, he, again, kind of holds a movie up that otherwise has some, like, uh, amateur performances otherwise. Um He's the backbone of that movie for sure. Yes, well said. Okay, for sure. Uh, is it my turn now? Number 16 yep. is Chewbacca. Oh, yeah. How haven't we said Chewbacca so far? Um, I guess because he lives in the shadow of some splashier characters. And I guess it's a, a little bit strange that somebody who's like six foot seven and growls and fires a big uh, laser bowcaster could fall into anybody's shadow. But I mean, this, this is one of the greatest wingmen ever, uh, one of the greatest number twos ever, and kind of like R2, really consistent as a bystander and a witness of the greater Star Wars as they happened over multiple generations. And it's nice that we don't have to say goodbye to Chewbacca anytime soon. We had a moment there in The Rise of Skywalker where we thought maybe they killed him off, and then they pulled that back, and you know they, they undo a lot of almost deaths in that movie, and I don't always agree with that. But in the case of Chewbacca, no, we got to hold on to that guy because he is the history and the legacy of Star Wars. And other people can play him. They found a really good heir for the 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 role in uh, Junus. Is that his name? Um, Jonas Sutamal. Absolutely. Uh, uh, again, it can't be a whole lot more sophisticated than that. But like Chewbacca, of course. Yeah, he has to be in the top yeah. 16. 
Well, he's the best good boy in the galaxy far, far away. <laughs> right. Uh, he, like you said, he, the wingman is the best way to describe him. Uh, Chewbacca is the first character as much as I adore <clears throat> Chewbacca. And that's what's a big thing on this list for me is there's going to be characters who seem like that is a ridiculously low rating for someone that I adore. But Chewbacca is the first character to not make my top 22 that we have mentioned on this list. I had him at 24. Wow. So still within the character, like absolutely love him. Um, but just I think he he suffers purely on the fact that um, he doesn't evoke enough, as much emotion as um, Yoda or or Grogu or sorry, sorry Grogu and R two the characters who don't um, say words necessarily and you can also get away with like the you get the Han Solo bound like into the galaxy with the Chewie we're home but it's you're set for the Han Solo a lot more so sure. than, than the Chewbacca. Um, it was nice to see like Chewie and like the end of Revenge of the Sith, um, but it's also kind of like a little bit of a weird one sort of thing. But I'm never going to knock Chewbacca ever. It was just a matter of there were other characters who put their their weight ahead um, to be able to, to bump them down a little bit. I would say list. the only downside with Chewbacca is that he does seem a little underdeveloped sometimes. And it's not for a lack of them giving him a character background. Like, yes, he has a home planet. I don't want to talk about the Star Wars Christmas special anymore. But... <laughs> But like he, Colin, the very first Star Wars sequel was all about Chewbacca's homeland. You're right. I'm, I'm not thinking about that, but I'm just thinking about Kashyyyk as it's canonically known. Um, and and yes, his appearance in, in uh, Revenge of the Sith. And, and then even his origins with Han in Solo, which is actually a really awesome scene. Um, there's something about the, the personality uh, of the character that just kind of seems uh, like an afterthought a lot of the time. Although that's strategic for a fundamentally supporting character. And so... I guess I wouldn't do it any differently. Uh, Chewbacca's in number 16. What is yeah. the, what's the number 17? Well, we can, okay, go ahead. We can get like 150 more years at Chewbacca too. And right. I think, it, I, especially with the Ray stories, Ray kind of inherited the Falcon, but that means she inherits Chewie at the same time. And so Chewie, Ray, and either BB-8 or R2, whichever one is handy, is going to be the Falcon crew. And so there's no way that's going anywhere. Well said. Number 17, please. Uh, number 17 would be uh, one of the most uh, interesting characters to be easily the most polarizing characters in terms of being despised to beloved uh, with the broadest range uh, in the entire Star Wars galaxy. And that's Ahsoka. Uh, oh, no okay. one was hated more to becoming more loved than Ahsoka, a character that if you had told people in 2008 was going to be getting a live action TV show uh, and the entire Star Wars fan base was going to be psyched for it would laugh in your face and say, <laughs> so Star Wars died apparently yeah uh, because nobody liked ahsoka and i didn't like ahsoka in this clone wars movie she's annoying uh and she's a little annoying in the first season of the clone wars but because she's a little kid she becomes less annoying in season two and significantly less annoying in season three and then she grows up with you into a character that you love because you also understood what she was like as a really annoying 13 year old and you get to see that full character development and dave filoni is giving us all these little side stories of ahsoka and making her this connecting piece between the entire galaxy you get the incredible relationship with anakin uh, and that informs so much about our most important character in the galaxy far far away and i think she adds a great layer to him uh and the storytelling that goes along with him during the clone wars era uh and with her being this kind of perfect Jedi, uh, almost like successor to Qui-Gon in the Force, like mm. using the Force in the right way. I'm glad that she can continue on and kind of in impart that wisdom 
in a different way because Luke will do it in more of the traditional route we know, and she's going to do it in a little bit more of a of a weirder, more mystical way. And I'm excited to explore that so much in the Ahsoka show. It's beautiful that Dave Filoni his life's work is starting to be represented by the character of Ahsoka Tano, and he's contributed a lot more than just one character to Star Wars. But it all kind of coalesces in the idea of Ahsoka, as you said, growing with the fan base and developing into this much more interesting, mature entity within the greater Star Wars story. I love what you just said about how she's like the spiritual heir to what Qui-Gon was trying to profess within the Force. I think that's exactly true. And this is a character that I have... Uh, gotten to know a little bit um, and yeah. I, I'll continue to more so but I, I just like her more and more all the time like most recently I watched those three episodes of uh, Tales of the Jedi and like just the little little bits of story building upon what I've already seen make her all the more rich and interesting um, and apart from the Mando characters we've discussed this is like kind of one of the first TV characters that we've we've been able to rank highly on this list and she is deserving of that spot yes and i think a lot of people would have her quite a bit higher than, than we did uh, but it's also one of those things where I've, i adore every character we've said thus far so it, it gets hard how about lando lando uh lando uh, 23 just slipped outside of my uh my top 22 but very happy to have lando in there god love lando lando i'm gonna put in in number 18 um Kind kind of as like this this yin yang for for Han Solo. So interesting that they knew to create a foil for Han Solo uh, in Empire Strikes Back, and and they cast it so perfectly. I actually feel a little underserved in like the later portion of of uh, of Lando in Star Wars. Like yeah, we got a little cameo from Billy D. He's in. Uh, Rise of Skywalker a couple of times and certainly like Donald Glover is like a, a good choice to play him in the movie that we described as underwhelming um, but like the bones for a really great not necessarily cartoony Star Wars character were there and I kind of wish that we would see that flushed out because with hindsight while Donald Glover was good they did kind of play him for just laughs. He was like pretty two-dimensional and 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 a goofball in Solo. And we see even in um It's Not My Fault or like when he when he leads to great victory in Return of the Jedi, like that is a multi-leveled heroic complicated dude. And you can see that in the initial Billy D performance. I love Lando. I just want more. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I want to see that Lando show actually come to fruition. And while we still have Billy D uh, be able to deliver a performance, the yeah. man's getting pretty old. And so, like, I want it to be the Calrissian Chronicles. I, I know we're not going to get much Billy D, uh, but make it so that he's telling his story. Have him narrate. It just seems too perfect. Uh, that way, you can get both of them in there. But Billy D brings a a sense of experience to the character. I actually adore his performance in The Rise of Skywalker. I think he is, yeah. uh, he hits it out of the park. It's small. It's maybe a little under, maybe not enough. I, I would like to see how he convinced the entire fucking galaxy to show up and <laughs> how he navigated the red honeycomb zone with the all 8 trillion ships that were there, or like 14,000 or something. Um, but uh, but there's more of us, Poe. Like that's a great moment. Yes. And uh, the fact that 
because we had each other. Uh, he says a lot of these great capstone moments in that movie, uh, and it shows that he's learned a lot. And he went through a lot as a, as a guy that had a daughter and lost that daughter, uh, the book Shadow of the Sith, where he goes on kind of a journey with Luke and they're hunting down Ochi of Bestoon. Uh, so there's so many more stories we can get with Lando, but you're right. We've only seen his low points and his goofiest points. Uh, we've never, and, and we've seen his highest point of, of course, blowing up the, the second Death Star. That's, that's, that's as high as it gets. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, we need to see some more wins for Lando. I want to see some more interesting stories. I want to see him pull off the heist that gives the man his name. Uh, I really want to see, I want to see him get his name a hell of a lot more than I wanted to see Han get <laughs> Truly, his name. Yeah. Uh, number 19, please. Number 19. Uh, this is the highest. I think anyone who's a heart would rank this character. Um, I had this character ranked at 17. This is exceptionally high. I understand that this is an exceptionally high ranking for this character. Um, one person who would support this wholeheartedly would be our mother. Uh, and oh. that would be, uh, <laughs> I'm putting in Bail Organa, uh, who she loves her Jimmy Smiths. Uh, but I really love Bail Organa. You do. Having him show up in Obi-Wan Kenobi and in Tales of the Jedi uh, it was just a wonderful reminder of how much I love this character. Uh, he shows so much heart and he's such a wonderful father and he's a great leader and he's one of the pioneers of the rebellion. And he's somebody who is Padme's confidant and in the end becomes Leia's dad and they have this cool little relationship. And also on top of that, when Alderaan blows up, I see Bale dying and that adds an extra weight to it because it's the relationship that he has with Leia and then the relationship that he has with Obi-Wan and the way that those connect uh, and that he's somebody who chooses peace over everything. He's like as Jedi as it gets without having any force sensibility whatsoever. Uh, but he's also somebody who has such tremendous respect for the Jedi. Him and Mon Mothma are, are, are a great team. I just think Bale's got a little bit more charm. But we're learning about some really interesting parts of Mon Mothma's life, which I love. Um, but Bail Organa, uh, I, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the fact that he sits in on that little uh, decision-making time where it's him, Yoda, and Obi-Wan. They're like, so we're kind of screwed, guys. Yeah. We're the only three <laughs> sane people left in the galaxy that have some power, and we've got two really strong twins. What are we going to do? And he gets to be part of that little meeting with two of our characters that made our top five or six. Uh, and that kind of goes overlooked. And he's the one who, like, it's it's his ship that we see immediately at the beginning mm -hmm. of A New Hope. It's his ship. Uh, and that's a mission that that he sent. And we get to see that in Rogue One. I love Bail Organa. Well, and it's interesting, too. We, his ship is the first thing we see. But that's not even a character name that gets uttered. It doesn't even get the dignity of him being or like a fully fleshed out person for so, so long. And then when they finally deliver on him much later and continue to in this performance that's really quiet and measured, like... He can be heroic and he can be like a such a, a figurehead of, of grace within Star Wars and also a warrior while never really losing his composure. You really feel safe with Bail Organa. I think that's what you like most. Yes, I, I feel like if I had to be driven around by someone in the galaxy... I feel the safest with Bale, even maybe more than a Jedi, because his diplomacy is so is so much better. And he's also he's not hunted by, you know, an entire order. Uh, I'm going to slot uh, into the number 20 spot. I'm kind of surprised I got to this before you did. Uh, Darth Maul. And and I, I say that be next. because 
you really deserve a lot of credit in my growing to like Darth Maul on a more nuanced level. I always liked him since we were kids and we saw that movie that was for kids and we were the perfect age for. I mean, it's one of the great character designs in all of Star Wars, no question. And that fight scene, need I say more. But that the story has been fleshed out to be so interesting and again, so tragic uh, and and layered. And um, I don't know if we there's a whole lot more Darth Maul to tell. I think we've probably done the beginning, middle and end. Um, but it's darn good. And that's coming from a guy who does not feel that passionately about most of the animated stuff he's seen. He's liked a lot of it, but all the Darth Maul stuff is peak. And the guy's great. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, extremely well said. He's a character that was brought back from the dead in a very peculiar way, but it was executed perfectly and the fans loved it. And he became a better character from it. He went insane and we got to learn about his origins uh, as a knight brother uh, and the way that he was tortured by Palpatine and kind of his plotting and his attempts to just wreak chaos during the Clone Wars and mess up Obi-Wan's life. He's such an interesting character. And like you said, so tragic. He's so pathetic. He's so angry. He is just the embodiment of anger and he looks it. Uh, I think he's incredible in Rebels. I love his return uh, when he grows stronger, like siphoning strength from Ezra uh, and then just out of nowhere blinds Kanan. Uh, it's, he's a really phenomenal character. It would be terrible to have him outside of our top 20. I'm very glad we were able to, to sneak him in there uh, because it's, it, he's an impressive feat of Dave Filoni to be able to turn a, like a three line guy like Darth Maul into such a robust character. Okay. This is the last pick you get to make in today's episode. So who are you slotting into 21? Oh, that, right. That wasn't my pick. That no. felt like it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, another one, actually, that um, you will you will definitely not have uh, on your list. Uh, and this would be Hera. And so that would hmm. be the mother of the Rebels crew. Uh, it's extremely likely that Mary Elizabeth Winstead will be playing Hera in the Ahsoka show. Uh, and I think that seems like that's actually a really good casting. Uh, Hera is the warmest character in Star Wars, and it's not close. Uh, she is, uh, sorry, I love Leia, but she's a better mother than Leia. Uh, she is wow. the best mom in the galaxy. Well, no one writes home about Leia being a mom. She had a lot of other shit. You know, she had to entire, like, get the entire galaxy back together. You're right, right. Um, but Hera is somehow able to be a pilot, a war hero, uh, a mom to a bunch of ragtag uh, crazy people, and then at the end of the show, become a real mom. Uh, in, in the sense of having her, her own kid, uh, but also will have an interesting journey because she won't have Kanan around to raise that kid. Uh, she's somebody who's dealt with a lot of tragedy. Her father was a, a war hero uh, in his own right and a true uh, kind of inspiration for the rebellion and, and fought. Uh, there's a great novel, Lords of the Sith, where he's Vader and Palpatine's main antagonist, her dad, because he's just leading a, like, a very impressive rebel cell. Uh, and they're just an incredible war crew. Uh, Hera is a character that uh, you learn a lot about the Twi'lek heritage from. Twi'leks are kind of the, the, the slave dancers of the galaxy until right. Hera. And Hera is the antithesis of that. She's a strong, powerful woman, and uh, I, I love Hera. Hera is, I'm so excited Hera's part of the Soka show. I hope she's uh, a main character with a bullet. And sorry, is she the one who has maybe a thing with Obi-Wan? 
Uh, no. So Hera uh, has a thing with Kanan. I'm in, thinking in Rebels. Sabine. Is that who I'm thinking of? You're thinking of Satine. Right. Great. I was going to do that no matter what. No matter what I said, it would have been the other one. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, um, but Sabine uh, will also be in the Ahsoka show. So Sabine and Hera were uh, part of the team <clears throat> along with Kanan and Ezra. Uh, Kanan's dead, Ezra got blasted out into the unknown regions, and Hera, Sabine, and Ahsoka will likely go rescue him. So closing out the top 22 of our three-part ranking of the 66 favorite Star Wars characters, I'm a little surprised by myself with this one, but I'm going to say Boba Fett. And I used to be in the camp of people who found it a little annoying that Boba Fett was as popular as he was, because it seemed like such a surface understanding of the depth of Star Wars characters. But they have actually done a really wonderful job of creating a, an interesting and totally unique story for this character. Say what you will about the Book of Boba Fett as a series, which had its issues. It certainly did. But just the idea of this clone being born a baby and being raised by its DNA host or whatever as his father seeing that guy decapitated in the middle of a battle, taking up his mantle, like living in the margins of society, going and like bonding with Tusken Raiders, ultimately, you know, being a hero after a life of crime and self-serving villainy. This is a fascinating story for a guy. And yeah, also the action figure is cool because the armor is cool. Yeah, but he's also the reason we have the Mandalorian. Yes. He is a key piece of inspiration for Star Wars. So damn right he's an awesome character. Uh, this is the biggest discrepancy uh, on the list thus far. I had him ranked uh, 10 spots lower. I had him at 32. But I still think that's a very worthy spot. Uh, and he was just kind of bumped around actually at the last minute for me. I had him ranked uh, quite a few spots higher. Uh, Boba Fett's really interesting in the way that they fleshed him out more. I would agree with you on everything you said. Uh, he looks badass. Uh, his armor also found its way to Cobb Vanth for a little while, yeah. which means we got uh, another badass character out of it. Uh, seeing the origins from Django was really great. Tamora Morrison, uh, what an amazing choice because you really needed to get that right. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you cast a guy that you're going to hit like control or what is it, control V a lot about. Uh, and I'm, I'm thrilled with uh, what we got in the development of Boba Fett in the book of Boba Fett. The structure of that show is a shit show, but I'm glad it uh, continued to develop that character more. And I'm not against a little bit of a softer Boba Fett. Uh, it, it doesn't bother me. This is the way it bothers a lot of people. Do you want me to quickly read down our top 22? Sure. Starting with number one, Yoda, Anakin Skywalker slash Vader, Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, Obi-Wan Kenobi, Princess Leia Organa, Kylo Ren slash Ben uh, Solo, Emperor Palpatine, Grogu, Din Jaren the Mandalorian, Thrawn, R2-D2, Kanan Jarrus, Rey, Qui-Gon Jinn, Chewbacca, Ahsoka Tano, Lando Calrissian, Bail Organa, Darth Maul, Harrison Dula, and 22 is Boba Fett. It's a pretty strong start. How many, uh, how many in your top 22 didn't get mentioned in this 22? Because I have five. Five. That's interesting. Uh, I guess it probably would be five for me then, uh, just based off of that. But uh, in my top 22, uh, one, two, three, I think just my my bottom three, 20, 21, and 22. Okay. Yeah. So we're on the same page, but we're about to, and we're already seeing this now, we're about to start splintering and in different in different directions. 
That's true. And the three that you had uh, that weren't in mine were my 23, 24 and 32. Yeah. So it's it's not like it was off by much. No, no, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Well, I think this when was we look a... at it. Go ahead. I, I just wanted to say I'd say when we look at it, um, Bail Organa is surprisingly high. Uh, Kanan's probably a little high for a lot of people. And I'd say maybe Ahsoka and R2 uh, would be low for a few people. Uh, but other than that, I think we've got a pretty damn good list here that that few people would have trouble arguing with too much on. But it's going to start to go in the other direction in part two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big I'm, time. I'm looking forward to that. I say we put a pin in it from here. We call it for this week. Yep. Um, let us know your favorite Star Wars characters. Did we say anything that's completely like sacrilegious to you? I bet we did. Uh, let us know your thoughts uh, on on the ranking of Star Wars characters. If you want to compile a list of 22, 44, or 66 characters, we would love that as a reference, and we will be sure to address it on coming episodes of the pod. You can email recorder66podcast at gmail.com or you can tweet at recorder66. Uh, be sure to rate and review on your preferred podcast app or if you're with us on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. We will be back next time to discuss 23 through 44 on our favorites. Is that right? Yep. Looking forward to that. Until we are together again, may the force be with you.